Welcome to the Next in Time podcast, where we explore the fascinating depths of how people have the potential of impacting the world with the mission and vision of their project. Join us on this audio journey as we uncover the hidden gems of one's vision, delve into thought-provoking discussions of why they're pursuing it, and see how they're going to make an impact. If you're a curious person, this podcast is your go-to destination. Hey everyone, welcome to the Next in Time podcast. I'm your host, ST, and our guest today is Charles Cormier. He is the CEO and founder of Top Leads and Podpire, and he is looking to really make a major impact with helping CEOs prosper and grow. So, Charles, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, ST. Oh, I really looked at your uh, information right here. It's like you have so many accomplishments, including like 21,000 leads generated, 1,000 CEOs pod rec podcast recorded. So, yeah. and also you've done Ironmans, you've been a, you founded companies. How do you, how do you do all this? <laughs> yeah. Well, first question could be like, why, why am I wired that way? So I started, uh, my mom gave me genetically the gift of ADHD and my dad was an entrepreneur, uh, very cerebral. So you get a mix of these two things together and I don't know, like rap culture and 50 cent inspiring me to go get that Ferrari and you get ambition. Uh, you also get the chip on the shoulder syndrome. I was like the popular kid when I was in elementary school. And then uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that way after that in high school. So I wasn't the popular kid anymore. So I guess I've, I've got a chip on the shoulder since that time. Um, then why the accomplishment? It's deeper than that. You know, I'm not an idiot. Also, I, I believe in enlightenment, true accomplishment. When you do these tough things, you grow your mindset, you grow as a human being and you become a better version of yourself. I very much subscribe to Tony Robbins version of happiness, which is that 1% better on a daily basis will make you happy. And it does make me happy. It does check a bunch of my boxes, for example, uh, to be a great husband, to be a good friend, to be a good um, business partner, for example. So it pretty much checks all of my box, whether you talk about an Iron Man that teaches me patience and to finish what I start, whether you're talking about me interviewing 15 CEOs a day, I learned tons from that. So I have like these eight uh, life areas, uh, business, spirituality, mindset, health, uh, contribution, lifestyle. And um, yeah, it's, there's knowledge also. And basically I check pretty much all of them doing what I do nowadays. So what do you do? What does it mean by a, this thing called AGI or you're trying to build? Yeah, artificial general intelligence. Um, that's pretty much my obsession daily. I get the confirmation that this is happening. You know, for example, I think the technology is there for me to deploy an agent uh, that I that would cold email a bunch of people, selling cold email to them, uh, sending them a payment link, and uh, juicing up my bank account i give it access to my uh, bank account it can manage my credit cards and all of that and basically it can grow my business limitlessly even while i sleep that's the version behind 
an AGI to crack the capitalist system. That would be like step one. Um, once you crack the capitalist system, then you can do good things with that money, I believe. Right. Although I spoke with a guy today that uh, said the complete opposite, which is basically that now you need to start a business from a social level and then uh, you can go into capitalist game. But yeah, that is AGI. So, I mean, nowadays, like, capitalism really gets a really bad rap amongst people our age. So, how do you keep uh, pursuing it? <laughs> uh, well, capitalism, me, I don't care about people my age. Um, I don't care about people that are 65 or whatever. I, I care about the truth. And capitalism has been mostly good for humanity. And if you think otherwise, we don't agree. Um, and capitalism, I think that is just the, the top slice that is really damaging society. So people that just have too much, uh, like big pharma, big media, and all these industries, big foods that put additives to the food just to max out profit margins, you know? Um, even if they benefit investors, it's just like give back to people and stop like constantly putting the lower stratas in a hole while you keep getting richer and you're not even happier doing so. You don't even have a purpose at this point. I don't think, uh, according to the last guy that I spoke uh, today, uh, which is this uh, Deca, if not Santi millionaire, uh, this is not the reality nowadays. Most of rich people give back. But I do think that capitalism, we've almost scaled it to its full capacity and that, yeah, we need to rethink about a new version of it whether that is um i mean esg is an attempt at that you know with the environment but i would see it more as like how much good do you do how much uh do you give back to society and as a result you would get richer the more you you give back which is not the case at the moment and so going back to where you started your life in terms of what made you become like this very entrepreneurial minded could you tell me more about your past as to what what was that trigger point yeah so i told you up upon like that chip on the shoulder part uh, then i went to university in political science i got refused in law so that's another chip on my shoulder i have lots of chips on my shoulders um looking back at it and i started businesses around that time because I was not going anywhere. You know, I still had good grades. I was a good student. I did what society told me and then they refused me just because there's too much competition in that program and a lot of that bullshit, you know? I didn't have are anyone. All, yeah. Just, I was just saying, are we all? We're, we're like, we're all in the same boat in a way like we were supposed to achieve the highest grades possible. In return, we would be able to get something in return. Yeah, well, I many of my friends definitely got something out of that. They had the good grades and they were accepted because of lottery or whatever the circumstances. But the point is, me, I never had anyone to tell me what to do, you know, uh, to guide me towards entrepreneurship and so forth. My dad was an entrepreneur, but he was busy running his own biz and what did didn't teach. Yeah, he was a marketing consultant. Uh, so basically, that's how I went into marketing. And what happened? I started a bunch of businesses, some of them into dropshipping and so forth. Decided that I could buy this watch for 50 bucks, resell it for 250. So at this time, I was like, holy shit, this is nice. You know, 200 profit, 200 bucks profits in my hand. What do I do with that? Reinvest it in, in more businesses, more items to be bought. 
And at that time, I also unlocked my first serious job, which was being a sales rep. Find my first mentor, which was a really eccentric guy. Uh, Steve uh, Dominic is his name slash Steve. And he taught me pretty much um, what I needed to know at this moment. So he unlocked a lot of doors for me, although like he was quite controversial guy. Uh, he, he taught me quite a lot and that propelled me even more into starting more businesses. I started a nootropic business, um, the best nootropic supplement in Canada for the brain, the memory was uh, Health Canada approved, backed by science and, and all of the above. We shut that one down, started multiple agencies since then. And yeah, right now I'm in the phase of my life of building this um, cash flow hub, this concentration of uh, companies that can bring cash while not like burning the world in the process, hopefully. And uh, as soon as I have that and uh, progressively speaking, I will launch my three uh, moonshots, longevity, uh, brain computer interfaces and uh, artificial general intelligence. Right. And so because you I see right here, you start, you have all these different companies, these ideas out there. Do you have like a very concrete vision as to where you want to go? Yeah, obviously, I just mentioned that vision. Um, so cash flow, right, with agencies. Uh, if you mean like the short term cash cows and agencies like the podcast and the cold emails, is that what you mean? No, what I meant was that, you know, People always say they want to start businesses just to make money or at least have some cash flow coming in just so that they can do whatever they want. Yeah. So what is that vision that you want to achieve in terms of, let's say you have all your cash flow in, taken care of, all of that stuff. So what is your vision at, to be? Yeah, to I have my vision. It's actually on my LinkedIn. So you can go check like all my crazy objectives. I also think that taking further enough, like visions are kind of bullshit because we don't have the mental and the cognitive capacities to aim for something that is, well, I don't think there's any end goal as well, but mine, if you take these three companies of mine, my three moonshots, one is to live forever. Okay. Longevity. The second one is to create a, an AI gods that will guide us, uh, in a, a better path than the one that we're on right now. And obviously there's happiness in the process, but I think I already cracked that one. I, I can create happiness on demand with meditations and a bunch of things. Let's just say if, you know, hemp, I mean, you can't be happy forever. That's, that's one thing. Uh, human, humans can be positive, but they can't be happy forever. Uh, no, we can be happy forever, you know, biochemically. Um, so you can picture a, a future in which you have an AI God that basically is the answer to pretty much everything. And my other startups is a brain computer interface. So we're connected with that, you know, so problems are really no longer, or at least they're drastically diminished. And I believe happiness. I mean, it's not hard happiness. If you've done like the work, I could go sit in the wood and have my rock, have my cavern and hunt, you know, and I'd be a happy man. Yeah, happiness. I I like it. That's that is happiness. If you were to let's say put yourself in a state of mind of trying to kill something be, and getting that satisfaction right. out of it, I'm telling the way you're trying to see, you're trying to solve the happiness quotient is, oh, I just want to. He's like, okay, you want to be happy almost every time from from birth, from like uh, let's say the day you were born till the day you die. Yeah. Well. If you talk from a biochemical level, you're talking about serotonin and, and cortisol mostly, 
um, these biochemicals that make you feel awake. You can have a fight with your parents and if I would inject something in your brain, you'd, you'd feel it happiness still. You'd feel a totally different uh, mindset and, and, and state of mind than uh, what is your normal one. It's just that you're wired to feel a certain way. You know, it's like, oh, cortisol, don't fight with your parents, you know, that doesn't feel good. But we can rewire basically all of that. And then the other question is happiness. Um, by the way, I did a, a thesis in college about that it, and has always guided my life. That's why I traveled the world for six to seven years with my wife as a digital nomad. But dude, a good question would be like, do you need pain to create pleasure, for example? Um, so, for, for example, right now, I'm not saying I'm happy all the time. You know, I suffer, but I have gone to great extents to re rewire my brain so that suffering is also meaningful and provides a source of happiness to me. So how are you wiring your brain? Or say, how are you really, uh, you know, you said you're trying to build something that can solve that happiness problem. Like, what are you trying to build like that could? Yeah, well, even before talking about a Neuralink, right? Uh, and by business for that would be called MindMesh uh, Labs. So MindMeshLabs.com. Um, even before the wires, right, and the hardware, you can modify your software on a daily basis just by practice and by f following a, an exercise regimen. I eat once a day, for example. So you, the, the goal here, what I'm saying is that you are telling your body and your brain who's in control. It's definitely not them, you know, it's not the brain. It's not the voice. It's not the demons in your head. It's you that's that's in control. And if you're feisty like me, like my UK UK friends would say, you just never give up, you know? Once I pick a fight, I always win. I just don't give up on it. And some fights, they take seconds, right? Let's say that I knock you out uh, in a physical fight. Some other fights, they take 10, 100 years, like wealth or modifying your mind. A lot of people, they just give up on day two, which is just another reason why I do these ultra events. So I think that people listening to this, they can modify their minds uh, at will, just if they have the patience, if they have the techniques, right? I read a lot. I'm obsessed with learning, as mentioned earlier. I use uh, this podcast, uh, you know, interviewing 15 CEOs a day to learn on them. And then I have a scientific uh, process, basically, in which I, I try things and I observe the results. I do that on a constantly, on a constant basis with everything. My cold email campaigns, my diet, my physical exercises, what I'm saying and the feedback that I get. And after some time, my algorithm picks up some hints and it says, okay, I should reproduce that because this works. And do that hundred uh, times, you'll get three success and you can scale on these. And also I was saying, when you interview these CEOs every day, like how long did, did you like interview each day ever, you record a session for with the CEO saying, how, what do you do and how do you do that? Yeah, it's 15 to 30 minutes, but like, legends, I, I give them 45 to an hour. 15, like 15 to 30 minutes times 15. That's a lot of time spent just meeting up with CEOs. Yes. And that's it's every, and that's every 50, day. If not 60% of my days. Yeah. Seriously, yeah, wait, how do you make, how do you get this, this outreach to the CEOs like real handled? Yeah. Cold email, Apollo. Um, Apollo gives you 10,000 contacts a month for a hundred bucks a month. And 
uh, you can plug in five mailbox, send, uh, let's call it when you start uh, at first 100 emails per mailbox and average per month, right? So you're, you're talking about uh, 500 emails per day. You can scale that to 1,000 emails per day. So we'd be talking here about 15,000 to 30,000 emails per month with a reply rate of 10%, 5% being positive. So that's a lot of meetings when you calculate 5% of, of 30,000. Quick math on that, what's, I'm testing your brain here. What's the result of that? Wait, 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 so do, do it again. Do, okay, now do the, do the math. Like, uh, the result is 150. My brain was quicker than yours on that one. So 150 meetings. I, I was not able to catch the, the math problem right there. <laughs> so yeah, 150 meetings a month. Um, that uh, is what you can generate. And 150 meetings a month divided by four. Uh, that's probably around 70 or 60 uh, meetings no, a week. 150 divided by four. That is. Yeah, uh, no, that, that I was that, wrong on that one. Yeah. So that's like 30, 30 meetings, uh, 35 meetings a week. Um, so yeah, that is a lot, right? 35 meetings a week. And I have a hundred. I just scaled that times three. Right. Uh, yeah. So what is the uh, goal with making sleep obsolete? Uh, just getting more out of life if that's even a thing right um why sleep when why is that fun when life is that fun you know a bunch of people on the short term could think about productivity gains um the goal would be that your brain would be in the the exact perfect uh, optimal state right with biohacking which is not the case right now for example nowadays i hustle probably 16 17 hours a day and i can see the the brain the negative brain impact it has mild dys dyslexia whatever that that word dyslexia. is dyslexia yeah mild dy dys dyslexia which i never had before mild amnesia as well i used to yeah. have a photographic memory but sleeping five hours uh, or six a night does have that negative impact it's not all happy jolly you know but i have a good relationship with pain as okay, so mission. in a way are you doing some sort of a drug like creating a drug or some sort of a tool that could really help keep you awake for the rest of your life no that wouldn't work uh you'd have to uh, have nanobots like cleaning uh the debris in the brain and constantly putting up vitamins and minerals in there um i created that drug right my first uh my first company was a nootropic and it was very very good uh this this uh compound that we created had caffeine, uh, B6, B12, uh, vitamin C, D, Bacopa Monieri, Jinko, Ginseng. So it was the best supplement uh, in Canada back in these days. Um, still had to shut it down, by the way, for uh, product lessons there. By the way, I have uh, 10 more minutes before my food arrives. Um, and yeah, basically it would need to be something way better than just taking a drug, right? I even took modafinil for a while, which is like the limitless drug. and even that, you know, your brain, your your brain, it needs to sleep to clean itself. And uh, you know, I think one thing I could call this podcast is how are you trying to disrupt human, like biological or nature? <laughs> yeah, well, at this point, I gave up on uh, physical product startups, right? Because I'd lived the pain of the supplement one. It wasn't that much of a steep pain, but it wasn't nice. Uh, you need to ship, you need to design product. It's not cool. So right now I'm, I'm in my software phase, you know, so uh, 
on the short term, I'd build like the agent GPT that I described starting this podcast. Yeah. I'd probably have a health GPT, a longevity GPT or something like that to give you advice on what to eat, what not to eat. You could upload your data and stuff. And I, I think that would be it on the short-ish term, right? I'm not ready to touch product again and lose a bunch of money. So at least for the next five to 10 years, I'm really focused on my cash cows and on the the AI stuff. I'm, I'm not yet like about redesigning biology and hacking the human system. Because he set all these goals saying, okay, I want to solve the happiness problem. I want to solve the sleep problem. I want to make sure I reverse age. It's just like Brian Johnson, if you heard of that guy. Yeah, he, he I'm have. about to have him on my podcast. Really? That's, that's so good to hear. <laughs> Because like he's trying to hack his way into reverse aging himself, even though he's like 47. Yeah, he also has uh, Kernel. I interviewed folks from Kernel. Uh, that's his brain linking company, uh, like Neuralink, right? So, Do you ever plan on getting Elon on this on your podcast? Yeah, obviously. Um, and I, at some point, you know, I'm I'm a I'm was a Elon fanboy. I am blessed. Nowadays, now that I understood that uh, your heroes are not who you think they are. Um, and at some point I was like, yeah, I'm going to be friends with Elon, but he's really autistic. And I, I don't think, you know, I could make this happen. I don't think two of us could coexist in a room. Maybe who knows? But yeah, yeah like Lex Friedman could do it. Sit down and just talk robots, robotic talk in such a high intelligence level that that feels like they're like two robots are talking to one another. Yeah, I, not that much. I don't think either are super intellectually elevated. I mean, they repeat a bunch of the same stuff. You know, I think Elon is on a PR tour. He does say some cool stuff and rocket science happened in his brain. And uh, Lex, yeah, at least when it comes to AI, Lex is a beast, you know, but uh, other facets think he's gone too much on the emotional side nowadays. Yeah, that's emotions, man. Maybe that's maybe that's why you're trying to see if you can keep the happy, like trying to solve the happiness problem. Like I already can't... solved that one, right? Like that one. I mean, I'm a happy dog. Um, I have my bouts, you know. Like yesterday wasn't an easy day, but I'm a happy dog. Um, I'm a happy pit bull. You know, I'm always chasing something. I can be in extreme, well, extreme. I can be in poverty. I can be. Uh, blackmailed and I'll always find the other way to me this is motivating to me pain and yeah tough bouts they're motivating to me my food has arrived by the way but anyway so yeah Charles I think we're gonna wrap up this interview right here and say okay wishing you the best of luck with your all these different goals that you're trying to achieve by the year 2090 and uh yeah let me so uh well Last words and the last word I wanted, the last question I want to ask is how would you advise fellow entrepreneurs and CEOs? Depends on their context, but I can give like general advice that I think could benefit at least 60% of CEOs out there. Uh, I'll keep it to one very simple advice I think is like not uh, taken seriously enough, which is the same advice that David Goggins gives. You know, a lot of people think Goggins an idiot and in some field, in some sense, he is, but lots of wisdom behind doing ultra endurance events and doing tough shit and going through the other side of these things so start with a half marathon like i did go with a, a marathon 
and sign up for an Ironman and you're going to see your mindset skyrocket. You're going to see your life unblock in so many ways. So ultra events, endurance events, pain, have a nice relationship with it. All right, cool. Charles, thank you so much for coming on the Next in Time podcast and wishing you the best of luck. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Next in Time podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving into the intriguing vision of our guest today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to stay updated on future episodes. If you have any suggestions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay curious and keep exploring.